This is Channel 253. Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. We, we fly, fly Alaska. Alaska. Book your next flight on alaskaair.com. One, two, two. Interchangeable. White Ladies. Welcome to the Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast. I'm Hope. I'm Annie. Our essential question today, with the start of the new school year, how can educators be better allies to LGBTQ plus students and colleagues? With us this afternoon or morning, I don't know what time of day it is, <laughs> uh, is Caroline Kyle Menzia, who is an elementary school counselor at Geiger Montessori, who helps facilitate Tacoma Public Schools LGBTQ plus PLC, which stands for Professional Learning Community. I'm figuring all of the rest of our listeners know what the rest of those letters stand for. Um, we are really excited to have you on the show. Thanks for coming. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So let's start first with a little bit about yourself. Um, you mentioned off uh, mic that you used to be a teacher. Can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit about your journey from being a teacher to being a counselor? Sure. Um, I was a fourth grade teacher for four years and really enjoyed my work with kids, but especially enjoyed that social emotional piece, helping them learn how to navigate the world and figure out who they are as people. And so when I knew I wanted my master's and I didn't want to be an administrator, I went the counseling route. So I um, went to UPS and got my degree there and have been a counselor, was a counselor at both Geiger and Whittier for a few years. And now I've been solely at Geiger the last few years. That's great. That's awesome. Um, What do you like about working at Geiger? Oh, so much. I I feel really fortunate to work at Geiger. I think it's a special school to be in. I think the families and the staff that are there want to be there, and it makes it a really great environment to work in. Mm-hmm. And I think we have a really unique population of both parents and students. And then also along with that, the Montessori work aligns really well with the work that I do as a counselor, and so it just makes my job yeah. really fun and exciting. It seems like Montessori is really lends itself well to supporting social emotional learning. Like it's very um, based on like brain science and it's it's a it's a great model. It seems like it would align with your values too. Yeah, it really yeah. does. And full disclosure, I'm not Montessori trained, so I'm an honorary Montessorian. Um, but it really <laughs> I love this. That's awesome. <laughs> I feel like that would be a really good badge that, on a jacket. Yeah, right? You should put that after like NBCT, MIT, you know, the yeah, add, I need some more letters at the end yeah. of my Montessori. Montessori. Honorary Montessorian. Um, can you explain what Montessori is for anyone who might not know? What oh, that that's is? such a good question. So I'm not going to eloquently <laughs> do this. So anybody, any of my Montessori peeps listening to I'm me, like, I apologize. I know it means you don't wear shoes and you like touch things a lot, and there's like no scheduling. <laughs> At least that's how like, Nate describes his Montessori experience. That seems like totally no. <laughs> that's probably like the preschool version. Yeah. Um, so at Geiger, <laughs> and I'll speak just for Geiger because I haven't ever worked at Bryant, but we are a pre-K five school, and classrooms are multi-age. So we have a children's mm-hmm. house, which is preschoolers and kindergartners together, and then lower L's for second, third, and upper L's fourth and fifth. And the idea is that the students kind of get to drive their education and follow their interests to help them um, learn and explore and I especially love watching the little kids because they do a lot of practical life stuff. So they just learn how to exist in the world and take care of the world themselves. And it's really exciting to watch and see. Does that mean they garden a lot? What does that mean? Depends on the teacher. (laughs) But it does mean that they get to learn things like um, self-care. So how to, like, button things, zip things, tie things, Mm. um, do the dishes in the classroom. Kind of one of Geiger's, like, mottos is um, take care of this place is one Mm. of them. And so they learn how to do that and 
take care of themselves as well and others. So yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. do you have like a curriculum you use to teach kids about how to talk about their feelings too? I know I've seen that in a couple of schools. Yeah, I do have the second step curriculum by Committee for Children, which is is really fantastic. And then just over the years, I've just adapted it to kind of better meet the needs of our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that teaches things like empathy and emotion mm-hmm. management and problem solving skills. And then I also pull in things like um, children's books and lessons from teaching tolerance and those kind of things just to um, I'm constantly talking to my teachers and kids trying to figure out what do they need and meet those needs with my lessons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So That's awesome. I saw when I, I worked at a private school before I worked in public school setting and I um, one thing that I looked into was Montessori um, like certification and it's really intensive like it takes yeah. a long time to be to be certified and um, found out that there are only a couple of Montessori high schools like there aren't that many mm-hmm. that follow like after elementary and like mm-hmm. do you think that the, kind of the Montessori learning model can be extended further and like how could we like we think about that I mean I know what we're talking about today is about LGBTQ plus students which we'll get to in a second mm-hmm. but as this conversation about Montessori is so interesting so do you think like how do we use that in our in our you know secondary like upper upper yeah. grades um, and I um, I don't know the stats at all in Montessori, but I know we in Tacoma are really fortunate to have even two public schools that are Montessori. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, really pretty unheard of. Usually you just see it in, like, private schools or yeah. um, preschools. And so I think the biggest, like, roadblock as far as my understanding is is the expense of it. Oh, yeah. it sure. There's more adults yeah. in the building. There's more materials that you need, like, those kind of things. That makes yeah. sense, yeah. Um, and then I do always wonder, like, I, I was not a Montessori and as a student, and I wonder, like, would I have been a successful Montessori in? Mm-hmm. You know, like, so, yeah. you know, I think it really, is um, I just love the phrase Montessori. So I don't good. know why yeah. it's like so obvious. Yeah. But it makes I just it sound legit. So yeah, I went. I I'm was like, like equestrian. I'm like, right. <laughs> I was. I went to Montessori preschool, and I, that's how I learned to read a clock. I learned to read a clock when See? I was like four, and it was yeah. the best. Like, because all my everyone in elementary school and like first and second grade was like, "What time is it?" And I was like, "Don't worry, I got I it. it." Montessori. <laughs> And I can wash my feet by myself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I can use a washcloth. These are really good markers yeah. of education. Absolutely. Everyone always complains about there's not real teaching in schools or whatever. Yeah, right. Um, so this episode is um, back to school, essentially. So welcome back, all those folks who are getting Yay. ready to um, hit the road with their kids, hit the road, uh, work with their students, and are really excited about that. So as we think about the new year, um, there's a lot of research, I think, that's been coming out more recently. Um, in terms of uh, just how detrimental unsafe environments in schools can be for LGBTQ plus students. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I wanted to, ex- part of our question is extended out to colleagues because I think sometimes that gets ignored as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. And so can you talk a little bit about how did you even get involved in this work? Um, why is it something that you care about? Yeah, honestly, my first experience is really um, with people who identify within the LGBTQ spectrum were in college, um, and I went to a private Christian college, and so the laws and rights are not the same mm-hmm. there, and mm-hmm. so we did a lot of advocacy work for students to have those same legal protections in um, the school that I was going to, and so that passion just kind of followed me, and then, um, of course, Lisa Keating's name's come up a million times on this podcast, and she's a rock star, and I was fortunate enough to have her daughter as one of my students, and oh, cool. so they really just kind of helped guide and shape me into the ally and advocate that I am now for LGBTQ students. And then I'm so glad that you brought up colleagues because that was one of the things um, Lisa did a training at one of our um, whole educator academies a couple years ago. And it just became really apparent that our LGBTQ staff in the district don't feel super safe and don't feel like they can be um, authentic and truly who they are without worry about um, 
like, backlash on that. And Mm -hmm. so it just felt like a really um, important place for me to stand up as an ally um, and and do some of the work to try to make our Mm -hmm. make Tacoma a safer place for kids and for staff members. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. Did you ask? Well, I was just thinking about, like, um, what what specifically do you see being, like, I know that I think for us it's a no-brainer that you support LGBTQ plus students, but mm-hmm. some folks are not – it's not a no-brainer. Like, they don't see it as something that's, like, essential to, mm-hmm. to the work they do. Um, so what's um, – like, what's one way that you see that um, happening positively, like, in your school building? Or you may be leading some of that too, but, like, what – you're you are supporting LGBTQ plus youth and colleagues. Mm-hmm. Like, what's one way that you are seeing that happen in your building that's really positive? Um, I, again, feel super fortunate. Another reason I feel lucky to work at Geiger is that my staff and my parents haven't been afraid to Mm. stand up and show their support. And so Mm. just like walking into Geiger, there's signs that um, say like everyone's welcome or all families welcome and have like an obvious rainbow and then a silhouette Mm. of like different families. Um, We've had several students come through who I've identified as transgender and we've had staff really step up and help create a safe space for them there. For the most part, my staff is open to any, like, trainings that I give them, you know, Mm -hmm. as far as how to understand and how to support our kids. And then I think, too, um, partly the age, partly because of the safe place that we've created, and then also the types of families that Geiger um, attracts. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of even younger kids whose gender expression is really fluid. Mm -hmm. So um, Mm -hmm. that's been an ongoing conversation even for the young ones, like, you know. Students who still identify as males um, or as boys, but wearing pink or wearing dresses. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so it just creates a natural conversation. And um, in my experience, my staff has been pretty open to those conversations. Mm-hmm. And so the students. So mm-hmm. When you say, like, types of families, you mean, like, open, open-minded and open-hearted to kind of the, like to their kids expressing themselves the way that they feel. And, yeah, yeah, that might be a good way to put it. Like, I think that my the families at Geiger really create a space for their kids to be who they truly are. Mm-hmm. Um, even if that doesn't match societal norms. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so going back, I don't know, not really going back, but when you think about what's going on in schools, like from your counselor and teacher perspective, mm-hmm. um, and you don't have to be specific about Tacoma schools, but when you think about some of the need right now, like how would you – explain the condition um, that a lot of schools are in or districts are in when it comes to supporting our students and staff? Is there like specific ways that you feel like these are some problems that we need to address? Oh, I feel like that's such a loaded question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know. If we're speaking to like kids' needs in general and adult needs in general, like the the number of students who come through our schools these days who are really struggling with things like depression and anxiety, even at a really young age, Mm -hmm. um, that need for social-emotional support continues to grow. And, you know, I think the same can be said for, you know, the adults, like the kids manifest those behaviors then and really challenging behaviors for educators and mm-hmm. so it makes yeah. the work more stressful for educators and so we need to also be supporting them. Um, if we were to talk specifically about LGBTQ students and what do they yeah. need to feel safe, um, I think visibility, I mm-hmm. think adults that are not afraid to be a little bit uncomfortable or to mm-hmm. learn or be flexible. Um, and I think that what I hear from staff is they need like 
the district, right, in quotes, yeah. like the big overall to say like, yeah, you're safe. You know, A, you're safe personally and B, you're safe to support our kids and there's not going to be any mm-hmm. um, like discipline or you're not going to get in trouble because you're using a student's um, correct pronouns or mm-hmm. you're using mm-hmm. their uh, preferred names, things like that. So I think that a lot of our staff is mm-hmm. um, in the district that I've talked to, I'm not going to speak for everybody, but are anxious to kind of do what they believe to be right because they're worried about what might happen to them mm-hmm. and their job. Yeah. I had a student a couple years ago who was kind of struggling with um, name change in the mm-hmm. in the school yeah. um, computer system, yep. which for non-educators, it's um, there are several different moving parts. There's like the student email versus the like student like um, login for computers and um, their name has to be like loaded into these systems separately mm-hmm. right um and so just kind of the struggle to like and the to the credit of like tech services like they're mm-hmm. so helpful they're like you call and they're just like yeah we got it we'll fix it it's totally on top of it um but i feel like that sometimes even the systems are set up not to necessarily be like easy to navigate for kids who are and not even necessarily lgbtq plus kids who are you know thinking about like Mm -hmm. maybe a name change but possibly like even students who are have a preferred name because they um have trauma right like i don't want to be called this thing right so um this particular name so um yeah it's uh the systemic barriers are kind of built in are really interesting that aren't anyone's fault necessarily but but they're set up as barriers right like because people have this sense of what is norm and what is acceptable right it's wild to me that there's still quite a few educators um, and systems and people who work like you mentioned people being helpful at tech in Tacoma schools well there's a lot of folks out there all they have to do is click a little button but they get let their personal opinion about pronouns yeah. or personal opinion mm-hmm. about shortening name or changing a name um, get in the way of like doing what's right for kids it's like who yeah. cares that's not your name let call the call whoever right. they want well, to be called whatever seen, they feel like, like being called I have seen those barriers kind of pop up and I won't be specific because you know reasons but <laughs> um, but just like just like yeah yeah, there yeah. are there are people who stand in the way on purpose and obstruct it on purpose. Yeah, I do I see think, that, yeah. but I feel like more so even than that uh, that I've encountered is that fear of mm. the information has not been dispersed like mm. top yeah. down, and so the point. office staff isn't getting one clear, consistent yeah. message that says like, yes, if a family comes in, they ask for a name change or a pronoun yeah. change or an older student at secondary, like you follow you follow that student. You yeah. know, and we ha- there's policy out there. OSPI policy supports that. Yeah. We're to follow the student. We're let- to let the student take the lead um, yeah. when it comes to preferred pronouns and names. Um, but that's not, you know, it's not communicated, I don't think, right. as clearly as. Yeah, and I'm smart. somebody who wants to know, like, if you want me to color something blue, I want to know what shade of blue. So yeah. I totally understand yeah. where people are coming from. And then that fear gets in the way of um, doing what they yeah. No is right, even mm-hmm. if it's not like a personal, yeah. you know, resistance to it. I think another systemic barrier is that in our um, in our teacher system, you can see a student's it's it doesn't say preferred name, and it doesn't say name. It says nickname, mm-hmm. and so not not <laughs> yeah, that's true. just not like mm-hmm. recognizing that like a student's name that they want to be called is not their nickname right it's and then their there's name. mixed messages about yeah. does it need to be a legal name change or not which again is a barrier right, yeah. right? because it costs money to it's change your name expensive. or yeah. parents can get in the way of changing your name those kind of things yeah what do you right. think about we've talked a lot on the show about privileges right that's mm-hmm. a perfect example of privileges yep. do I have to go and change my social card and do all this stuff along the way right. and then the school will like the school shouldn't have to right. or really shouldn't just like wait for those things right right um, we're going to link to the OSPI um, policy that you mentioned because mm-hmm. I think that's pretty important. Definitely. And um, that's actually surpri- not surprising, but I didn't realize that that existed. 
Um, OSBI is actually like they have some really good stuff, and they're they're folks who lead trainings. Like I did a yeah. training with I can't remember her name. Can somebody define OSBI? Um, also, superintendent of public instruction there you for go. non-educators. For all of our listeners. Um, I don't remember her name. She was wonderful at the Glisten training in Seattle, and she um, what's Glisten, Annie? Glisten, um, <laughs> Glisten. I looked it up. It's not actually it's an not acronym actually what anymore. You, it's, yeah, it's just Glisten. It's just Glisten. Yeah, <laughs> it used to be an acronym, but it's um, I don't even remember the old acronym because it's yeah. it's kind of like D, like Dairy Queen DQ. You know, you just like is it like Colgate. It's like just it is what it is. It's like just what it is. Yeah, it's like a band aid. You know, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, the the trainer from OSPI who who was at the Glisten training, she was um. She was incredible. And, like, she was basically, like, the state is, like, doing these things that are really, really great. And they're sending these directives to school districts. And, like, mm-hmm. these policies are available. And, like, it's up to us to make sure that they're implemented, like, in the buildings. Like, uh, administrators, teachers, counselors, ev- educators, right, like, across the spectrum are, like, are implementing them. So, um yeah, like way more progressive than you would expect. Yes, yeah. and I yeah. wonder if that was Marissa Rathbone. Probably, and if not, that sounds familiar. I'll interject yeah. one of my shout outs right now so yes, I don't do save it. them all to the end. Yeah. So, and Marissa <laughs> now is, trans- is switching jobs right now, but was working for OSPI with OSPI and has presented with our um, LGBTQ PLC a few times now. Mm-hmm. And she's just a rock star. And she brings that message out to like, hey, not only is it the right thing to do, but you got OSPI backing you up mm-hmm. and yeah. you need to do it because it's yeah. it's the policy now that we, right. we keep yeah. these kids safe and we follow their lead and we do do what's right by them so yeah yeah I think it's so interesting to think about the role like policy and systems play in making change happen and like Mm -hmm. doing what is right whether it's this issue or other women's issues or just like whatever justice issues are in place because people will be like well you don't need that policy just like well yes except that that's what sometimes people just need that mm-hmm. they need that rule because a lot of people are still yeah. rule followers. Yeah, I, you know what? There's something else <laughs> they too. Fine. I feel like <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Um, there's something else. I feel like someone who's listening to this episode might be thinking, well, what if a teenager is just like impetuous and wants to just change their name because they're impetuous teenager? And I, I, I don't know why that thought popped into my head, but like I have never had an LGBTQ student in earnest be like, like. Or not earnestly ask, like, this is important to me, like, I want to do this and, like, follow through with it. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a a serious actual thing. It's not like kids just, oh, I want to be called this and it lasts a week and it's gone. It's like it's part of students' identities, so. One thing that stuck with me from a training that I went to is the idea of insistent, consistent, and persistent. Mm. Mm. So if it's being brought up over and over again, they're not kind of wavering from it. Um, You know, and that's obviously subjective, but a lot of times, like, at the— elementary level I do have students who are more kind of at the beginning stages of their journey so it it may change periodically um, and it may not be set in stone quite yet and so like finding ways to still support them the best that I can and take them seriously even if that means you know multiple name changes throughout the school year yeah and to be patient can you say those two words again insistent consistent and persistent Persistent. cool great you kind of touched on this a little bit um, but when you think about as people are getting their classrooms ready, or I mean, most mm-hmm. let's be honest, we've all gone to Target already, and <laughs> um, we're ready to roll here. Listen, um, I was pissed off about like mid July when it was like it was like <laughs> back like, to no. school stuff. I'm like, no, thank you. Stressful, I agree, but... and I got some pretty cool stuff from my counseling yeah. office. Sure, <laughs> that's okay. All right, that's awesome. I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, the hard part about moving is like I've been giving away like tons of stuff, oh, no. you know. Yeah, and some people are ready to, or like the summer, some people are ready to take things, right. but other people are not, and so yeah. That was kind of like a weird, a weird zone. I'm like, yeah. and I promise you, you'll really need this, I you know, these sharpened pencils. I promise yeah. you. Um, so thinking about what allyship looks like for teachers mm-hmm. who 
are in the middle or starting the school year or for those people who might be listening like November. Um, what does that look like for making sure that your room is a safe place? Let's start with talking about students, like making a safe place for students. We've hinted at some of that, but is there anything mm-hmm. else you would say that people should be doing? Yeah, I think there's a couple really honestly easy things and Mm -hmm. I don't say that lightly that can kind of get you started on the journey of being a more visible ally to your students um, that hopefully still feel doable and reasonable for educators Mm -hmm. and that's like as you're setting up your classroom um, for the school year find a way to put some kind of symbol that's that shows that your classroom is a safe place Mm. could be a small rainbow flag if you um, go to Glisten's website or you go to welcoming schools or rainbow center oasis there's so many resources out there and easy to get to and free that you can just print out and kind of, you know, stick up somewhere in your classroom. And your kids notice that, you know, students notice that. And so that's a really easy one. And then um, especially as you introduce names at the beginning of the year, allow an opportunity for introducing pronouns. Um, And that's that can just simply be, you know, hey, my name is Mrs. Menzia. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And one thing that you did this summer, you know, whatever that that might be, just normalize it. Um, and it, uh, it speaks to your students and gives them space to share their pronouns as well. And also is just a way of saying this is a safe place and we mm-hmm. accept you for who you are. Um, and so I think that those uh, another thing that I've done that's maybe more for families and staff than students is I have my pronouns on my email signature mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And um, our our PLC collaborated with Tacoma to have a Tacoma logo made that has a rainbow as the O of Tacoma. And so that's also on my email signature. Yeah, that was awesome. I saw it. I don't remember. When did it come out? Um, they put it out in June for Pride Month, but we'd already yeah. had it for a few months. So. I saw that and I was like, that's, that's a little, like, it's subtle, but it's one of those things that is really significant in terms of. And I was really impressed. We're visible. I was impressed like that along with, I reached out and asked um, with the help of Laura Allen for that. And so we got the Tacoma uh, logo with the rainbow. And then I also asked them to include LGBTQ uh, history and Pride Month on mm-hmm. our district calendars. So that should start up for this next school year. So, yes. That's awesome. and uh, LGBTQ History Month is October. Yeah. So um, that's one way to kind of show that show support is to acknowledge that in some way. Um, and again, looping in the LGBTQ history throughout the year, but just being really intentional about it throughout yeah. certain times. Um, a couple <laughs> years ago, I started doing our advisory curriculum for 10th grade um, with Kevin Zamira, shout out. Um, and that was one of the things we talked about, how to embed um, histories and, mm-hmm. and things that people sometimes leave out, right? Like mm-hmm. I think uh, there's a little bit more awareness around you know, a Black History Month, but mm-hmm. people forget about like Native and Indigenous history mm-hmm. and um, LGBT history and, and so on. And so including that and like you mentioned, like normalizing and also recognizing it. Yeah. That's really cool that the district calendar has is going to incorporate that in or. Yeah, has I'm excited. And it was like, no, they were like, OK, what which of the months again? Tell me what to do. And so, yeah, that's you know, it really yeah. just took me asking the right people and they were on board and so that was just a sign too because I don't know that that was has always been the case I think that people had asked that question before and it had hit some roadblocks and so I think mm. it shows that the district is shifting in a positive yeah. direction too yeah That's maybe great. new people in those positions as mm-hmm. well yeah um I was going to say something about pronouns oh one of the things about pronouns I recently heard at a conference and maybe we mentioned this on the show before um this activist was telling us that instead of using the frame because I think in Washington state we often hear like preferred pronoun mm-hmm. and he in particular was like get rid of the word preferred yeah. who cares like mm-hmm. just just say what is your pronoun and it was just like a subtle change and mm-hmm. it reminded me of like people who are like I'm so woke and then like more woke um and I felt more woke <laughs> in that moment but uh, <laughs> woker, I was like oh woker <laughs> um I just thought yeah that's a 
really, that's a really good point about language, yep. right? And I started doing, as you mentioned, I started doing that, um, just having it included in like mm-hmm. the activities to get to know you mm-hmm. and how at first, like the first year I did that, I remember being like, oh my God, is this, I don't even know why I felt weird about it. Cause I felt like mm-hmm. I was saying it weird, you know? <laughs> and, right. and so then I was being awkward about it. But to your point about being uncomfortable, who cares? Just keep doing mm-hmm. it. And kids didn't necessarily pick up on me being like, oh, you know, yeah, about right. it. Yeah. And then it just became normal and just yeah. the way we did things. I wrote it into my – I'm teaching drama for the first time mm. this year, and I wrote it into my, like, PowerPoint slides. Yeah. I was just, like, put it in there. Because yep. I always kind of, like, remember to do it, like, in the moment. Like, oh, yeah, pronouns. But then I actually, like – when you actually – systematize it you mm-hmm. codify it you put it in places where you're not like it's a it's a yes, it's the, it's in there it. yep. right it's like a it's so important right like mm-hmm. i it's like i had a student bring me the same student who's having issues with the name system in um in like our electronic you know t- world it, it in the school district um brought me a rainbow flag and put it on just grabbed my american flag and stuck <laughs> it on stuck it on the yeah. same stick and was like Perfect. okay so that's gonna go there now and i was like yeah. cool okay great yeah. um and it it almost instantly I had students just like open up to me and like feel more comfortable because mm-hmm. they saw it and they're like, Oh yeah, cool. All right. Like this is, this is a cool place to be. And parents mentioned it when they came for yeah. like back to school yeah. night. Cause I was kind of nervous about parents being like, why do you have that up by the American flag? But all, all the parents who made a comment about it were like, that's rad. That's really cool. I'm glad you have because that. Like, what it means to be American. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you like launch into your historical. God bless America. Yeah. <laughs> I try to do that a bunch. Then it's fine. Yeah. I try to do bulletin boards for each of the like mm-hmm. history or pride months. That's um, awesome. And so this, and that, that in and of itself was nerve wracking for me to start. Cause you're always worried you're going to do something wrong or say something wrong yeah, or, right. you know, represent yeah, yeah. something wrong. And I've got, I've only gotten positive feedback and I've got, I've had parents like make suggestions for how to do it better and how to better represent, yeah. you know, That's different great. groups of people, which I really appreciate. And so this was the first year that I did an LGBTQ pride bulletin board. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And um, as I was putting it up, you know, and it's, it's very interesting, the responses you get at the elementary level. You know, how could kids this young, you know, possibly know who they are, who yeah. they're attracted to? Yeah. Or, you know, there's that weird thing that you start talking about um, gender expression and gender identity. And all of a sudden you think that we're talking about little kids having sex. And, yeah. you know, they get those things get mixed up and uncomfortable for people. Yeah. And so I had parents just, like, walk by the bulletin board and be like, just thank me and say thank you for doing this. And thank you for, you know, I had um, a little piece on there about the Stonewall riots. And, like, not that I'm doing this 100% right at mm. all. You know, like, I'm fumbling my way through it um but just to say like thank you for not shying away from like the hard parts of the history too it's not it isn't all just rainbows and sunshine you know even Mm -hmm. though we like to represent that piece of it but seeing like the history and where where the pride month comes from and things like that too Mm -hmm. i love to tell my students too and i think we mentioned this in our pride episode but that um that uh, marsha p johnson um and sylvia rivera were teenagers Mm -hmm. they were 17 when Mm -hmm. the stonewall riots happened and it's like they they always like my students especially ones who are 16 and 17 are like wait, what? That's, like, incredible. And I'm like, yeah, it is incredible. Like, because they see themselves in history, which Mm -hmm. is, like, as a history teacher, brings a tear to my eye. I'm like, (laughs) you see yourself? That's wonderful. Like, my my subject matters. That's great. Um, You mentioned a couple things specific to elementary. Is there, Mm -hmm. and then we kind of talked about some, like, broader things that all educators can do. Is there anything else that you think is really um, perfect for elementary school teachers and educators, counselors? So bulletin board seems like a huge thing, especially. It's really accessible. Yeah. Yeah. What other other ways do you see um, allyship showing up in elementary or that you could speak to? Yeah, um, I think the e- easiest yeah. is maybe, I don't know if that's the right word, but a really good, like, you know, foot in the door is reading books to kids, mm. you know, and starting with, and uh, 
Hope, I think you were going to link our little Sway site. Yep, and we yes. have a whole bunch of picture books on there um, as ideas. And some of them are as broad as just, I think there's one that's called Red about a crayon. You know, it's mm-hmm. like not quite, but they're in a blue wrapper. And so like not quite feeling like you fit in to like your skin or what it is that people are projecting on you. Um, so there's not even any obvious like LGBTQ ties to that book, but just starting to use literature yeah. with even our really young kids. And like I said, you know, gender expression's big for the little kids. And so reading mm-hmm. books that show that it's okay for, you know, kids to wear whatever feels most comfortable to them or what they identify mm-hmm. with the most. And just having those conversations. If you're working with young kids, you know what's, you know, you know how to have conversations with them about hard topics at mm-hmm. their level. And it doesn't even have to be a hard conversation. It can just be a normal, mm-hmm. you know, here's the book that we're reading today and let's discuss it afterwards and just let the kids take the lead. Don't go in necessarily mm-hmm. within a, you know, like an idea of what direction you want the conversation to go, mm-hmm. but just see where the kids take it. And I'm always amazed um, with them. And then also welcoming schools is an amazing resource for elementary kids um, and staff. It's all geared towards elementary school kids. There's videos on there you can watch or show your kids or show staff or parents. Um, And so that's another really wonderful resource for elementary. One of my son's favorite books, and he's 21 months old, so his favorite book is kind of like a, you know, it's hard to... He has ones that he prefers, and one of his preferred books is Pink is for Boys, mm-hmm. and it's such a great book for elementary because it basically shows that, like, all the different colors belong to everyone, and anyone right, huh? can enjoy them and wear them and uh, use them, and um, that there aren't certain colors that are for boys and girls or for – I mean, they don't have a gender assignment, right? So you can enjoy them, and I think for elementary school students, especially when they're, like – I don't know, when they see that, it that's really helpful to um, – because they're so immersed in like kind of a colorful world in elementary mm-hmm. school that they see that it's they're accessible to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah, that's yeah, that's a good one. Highly recommend. Let's take a quick break and mm-hmm. then let's talk about um, upper division classes and students. Great. Okay. Hi, this is Candice Rude, host of the Channel Two Five Three sister podcast, Citizen Tacoma. As you know, before taking over Citizen Tacoma, I was a reporter in Tacoma and also New York. This is going to sound a little crazy, but in 2011, I was frantically running through the JFK airport in New York, trying to chase down a French politician for an interview, when an earthquake struck. Everyone started freaking out. Felt like a scene from a movie. When I moved to Washington, I decided to get serious about earthquake preparedness. That's why I'll be participating in the Great Washington Shakeout, scheduled for October 17th at 10.17 a.m. Everyone in the state is encouraged to take a minute to drop cover, and hold on, just like you would in a real earthquake. This isn't just for kids in schools, though they'll be participating too. We all need to build muscle memory and practice to make sure you don't run out the door and get hit by falling debris in the next big earthquake. So do it for real with the Great Washington Shakeout. Get down on the floor and hold on. Then do one more thing. Get that out-of-state relative or friend to be an out-of-area contact you can text in an emergency or work on your emergency kit. Again, Shakeout is scheduled for 10.17 a.m. on October 17th. Got that? 10.17 on 10.17? Easy to remember. You can learn more at shakeout.org Washington. Use hashtag shakeout on social media to post shakeout selfies after. Thanks to the Great Washington Shakeout for sponsoring this episode of Channel 253.
And we're back. We're back. So thinking about uh, how to scale up or level up, I don't even know what term I'm using, um, but middle school and high school (laughs) educators, what kinds of things should we be doing in our classroom, thinking about our school building as a whole? I know we often have ASB um, Mm -hmm. that functions at the middle and high school level, and I think that might be an interesting Mm -hmm. way to think about allyship. Do you have any recommendations? Yeah. um, So I'm definitely not an a secondary expert by any means. There's some really great secondary people on our PLC that are always more than happy to um, step up and help. But I actually got to meet with a pretty cool group of Tacoma educators yesterday about moving forward with how to better support our LGBTQ students, especially with the new standards, the health standards that have come Mm -hmm. out from OSPI. And so uh, one of the things that we were talking about is GSAs in um, GSAs or what other ter- whatever term better fits. GSA is kind of an old school term, um, so maybe moving away from that. But having those in every like high school and middle school as a visible way of supporting LGBTQ students, and then as a district supporting the staff members that are doing that work, yeah. I think would be a really cool next step. And I think really from like what I hear my colleagues saying about secondary, and you two can speak to this, is like. Mm-hmm respecting the students, just listening to them, listening Mm -hmm. to their voices. And that's one of my things that I was so impressed with this year. Some of my fourth and fifth graders is when I just shut up for long enough to listen to what they had to say, like Mm -hmm. things that they have to say are so powerful and so just life changing. And I'm Mm -hmm. just so proud of all of my students. And so I can imagine just as those conversations progress, as kids get older, um, I think the best thing that you can do is create that safe space. Let them know that you're an ally and advocate mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. let them take the lead. Don't assume things. Don't assume labels. Don't assume what part of their journey they're on. That's a good point. And just hear from them, like, what they need from you as their mm-hmm. as their support. I know at Lincoln, our GSA was started. Can you explain what GSA uh, is? Yeah. So the old school terms, um, uh, <laughs> Gay Straight Alliance, uh, was restarted a couple years ago, and I am co-advisor with uh, Grant Ruby, shout out. Um, and Colin Kelly, also shout out. He's an early career educator and he's very motivated and excited and like wonderful. So uh, g- great like dream team. But um, our students actually came to us and were like, why don't we have a GSA? This is really mm-hmm. frustrating. Like we want to have that. And so students restarted the club and um, which was really cool. And then they uh, got really. So I, OK, I special shout out um, to this student who I still don't. I don't know if I can name them because. I mean, they they graduated, but um, the same student who's had came up against all these issues. Um, we could just say Bob. Bob, I mean. my student Bob, um, <laughs> fabulous student Bob, um, said gay straight alliance is antiquated. Mm-hmm. Like, why do we call it a gay straight mm-hmm. alliance? That bad. is too old school. Like, we don't want it to be called that. I was like, you can call it whatever you want. So they kept the GSA. Mm-hmm acronym because it's recognizable but they changed it to gender and sexuality alliance yep. and so that was really cool for them to like take ownership of it and so we had i mean we've had over the last few years a really great group and i think like i love what you were saying about kind of um supporting the gsas i also think like um gsas connecting with each other because we have right. we haven't had a lot of like um, cross-pollination in terms of like, hey, GSA at another school, you want to get together and do something, like a yeah. service project, or do you want to go like meet at the Rainbow Center and we can like go to a, like a class? Like there, there's just not, or Oasis and go yeah, like, you know, meet each other, have like a mixer, but like we haven't um, done that part yet. And then, so there's still work to do, I see, like in terms of like connecting like the inter-school GSAs, right. like mm-hmm. to get together and um, do stuff. But um, yeah, it's like, all of our all of our comprehensive high schools have something kind of like a GSA, and 
to, to have that kind of support from the school district and from higher up would be really rad. Yeah, and I think that yeah. conversation is starting to happen. So hopefully we'll see some movement for that this yeah. coming school year. That's mm-hmm. awesome. I'm so happy to hear um, that. What do you all think about the role of like ASB or student government, student body to help drive the work? Um, I'm also thinking about places where maybe they're like a little less open or have don't have as mm-hmm. many um, ideas, I guess, and ways of supporting. So because you always want I think it's really important that students always drive the work mm-hmm. and student voice mm-hmm. is like at the center, honestly. But also, I think there's something that like adults experiences with organizing or just, mm-hmm. you know, adults know how to fill out the pieces of paper and whatnot. Right. Mm-hmm. Or for the most part should. Yeah. Um, Gatekeepers. So how do we I yeah. mean, what's the role of like student government and. And that kind of leadership, how do we access that? I think my first request as far as like ASBs or student government goes is just evaluating it as as the adults and like, is it equitable? Mm-hmm. Do we have like a really genuine representation of our students on our student government um, teams in our ASBs yeah. no matter what, what level they're at, you know, and across the board as far as different, you know, races, different gender expression different you know all of that are we truly representing our students within that student government and then creating that space for them of you know how do Mm -hmm. we better support some of these groups of students who aren't feeling supported right now yeah Mm -hmm. there's some really good models for that um shout out a lot of shout outs today Mm -hmm. this feels really good this feels like a lot lot of of champagne we're not even at the champagne this is a lot of blessing this is very positive (laughs) um megan holyoke who's um taking over the asb program at lincoln next year she um has some really great ideas about like how do you get how do you get club leaders to be part of like a general council in mm-hmm. ASB so that like students who are not otherwise represented get to have a voice? Yeah. Um, and you know, the, a lot of um, she brought to my attention too some high schools that have changed the the way they do like um, royal royal courts for school dances. I was just thinking mm-hmm. about that right. because that's yeah. that's one of the things I think it's not it's not that simple, but honestly, no. I feel like it is simple. Like get rid of your king and queen, yep. or stop making it like so that queen has to look this way or a king has to right. look this way. Yeah. Um, sorry, keep going. I mean, no, interrupt no, you, that's but it, right? Like and like same. to say like have a have a court. Right. And yeah. have it be like anyone's eligible. Maybe there are top two people who are part of the court and it can be mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be a king and queen. It's not divided by gender. So, um, yeah, there's just some the simple things. Yeah. Right. It's 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 about changing the culture of um you know, some like a lot of for some people, some really cherished traditions, yeah. right? Like, yeah. hey, well, isn't it like Sadie Hawkins dance? Like, isn't right. that the like girls, girls ask boys? boys. Yeah, and it's like first of all, that's a stupid name. And sorry, Sadie, um, <laughs> but then also I'm just like, really, are we still doing this? And why are we yeah. acting like it's such a big like? There's so many other traditions you can either like jump on yeah. or like change up. Like, why are people so into this one? Yeah. What if a girl wants to ask a girl and a boy wants to ask a boy to this dance? Something they can't. What if I don't want to dress? Like, what if I want to wear a suit or what if I want to wear? I love any opportunity yeah. to take the gender out of something. To yeah. De-gender? Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a yeah. good point. I mean, even thinking about that, like, there's a lot of ways that we can de-gender things. Oh, yeah. And hey, yeah. elementary school yeah, educators, stop referring to your students as girls and boys. Mm. Yeah. That is, like, A number one, day one, come up with something different, call them by your school mascot, call them by your classroom number, call them by mathematicians, whatever it oh, may yeah. be. But when we're continuing to refer to students as girls and boys or ladies and gentlemen, we're isolating yeah. students, even when they're little. Yeah, even really when they're point. young. Yeah, yeah. I love. I, I know I have a lot of friends who use the word scholars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm like, not really into like writers as an English teacher. I feel really fake being like, "Okay, today readers, we're gonna do this." Yeah. Because like, although Ugh. I do really like, um, I like changing it up frequently. Like I like one day to be like, "Hey, teenagers," you know, and then the next day be like, "You have a hey, good one. Historians, a good yeah. one. Like, historian works. Yeah. Hey, Hello, historians. historians. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Hey, so. my teachers can use Montessorians. Uh, yes. <laughs> I love I that. I the mascot, though. Yeah. That's a really good yeah. Orcas. Or I used to call my students that when I was teaching just Room 9. I mean, you know, yeah. Room, hey, 9. room 9. Exactly. That's a good idea, too. Just kind of like a team name as opposed to feeling yeah. the need to gender. Yeah. That's things. a really great point. Yeah. Um, do we want to shift to our champagne and real pain? Absolutely. Champagne for my real friends. Real pain for my champ friends. All right, in this segment, we're going to raise our glasses to some awesome people, programs, and policies out there that are doing the work and uh, doing what they're supposed to be doing. So who should we give some champagne to today? I have a mouthful, one that's a lot of <laughs> difficult words to say, but I'm going to go for it. I wrote it down so that I wouldn't forget anything. Um, for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we're officially recognizing at San Diego Comic-Con the Val- that Valkyrie, mm-hmm. the Asgardian warrior played by Tessa Thompson in Thor Ragnarok, is bisexual. It may seem like a small champagne today, but it's not. Queer visibility in cinema is really important, and by mm-hmm. portraying Valkyrie as bisexual, the film is being true to the original comic book depiction, so it's a double win. Boom. Hey. That's one of my champagne. There's got to be other champagne in the room. I mean, it just feels very positive day. Like I said, a lot of plussing, but that was mine for the day. That's good. Champagne? Yeah, I squeezed in some of mine throughout, so I don't have to say them all at one time. Um, I was hoping to get parent permission to share a student's name and did not get it in time today. So I will just shout out a student who shall remain nameless for their courage this past school year. Um, I got to support them and watch them move through their journey of kind of figuring out a little bit more about who they are and how they wanted to share that with others and being brave as that got shared out without their permission. Um, And then also just challenged me when I did my LGBTQ bulletin board they came to me and said, well, I want to be highlighted on your bulletin board. And so that was the start of I had several student bios up on that bulletin board about why they were proud to be part of the LGBTQ community. Um, so shout out to that student. Um, I hope you know who you are if you're listening to this, if your mom lets you. Um, and then <laughs> another one would be Missy Porter, mm-hmm. Melissa Louise Porter, counselor at Washington. And she is just a rock star. And this has not been the easiest of years for her. And mm-hmm. so to see her bravery and her perseverance through um, some really challenging personal times for the better of our students she's part of our lgbtq plc and she's kind of like our she's the personal story behind our presentation so she shares with tons of vulnerability Mm -hmm. about her experiences um and then just continues to push and do the work as a rock star counselor for her students and so and then of course the rest of my plc Awesome. Yeah, I'll uh, raise a glass um, to the PLC work that y'all are doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's really amazing. It's challenging. Thank you for taking it on. Thank you for pushing um, the district. Thank you for pushing us in our classrooms to be better, to do what we should be doing all along. Um, And so thank you for for taking the lead with that. Really Mm -hmm. is awesome. Uh, Real pain. Real pain uh, for TERFs. TERFs, if you don't know what TERFs are, they're trans-exclusive radical feminists, and they're all over Twitter, and they're awful. Um, and uh, in generally generally speaking, TERFs, but then also in particular anti-trans violence. So mm-hmm. um, over, I think it was yesterday night or two nights ago, um, a trans black trans woman was murdered in South Carolina, and it was the 12th um, murder of a, a transgender person, a known transgender person in this calendar year. Um and the third since 2018 in South Carolina. So uh, there's a lot of work to be done to protect um, our trans uh, brothers and sisters. And it's not enough just to sit by and just retweet when you're like, oh, yeah, I feel really bad that someone was murdered. Mm-hmm. Like it's people are being targeted for their identities and we need to and not their identities for who they are. Yeah. And so we need to like we need to I don't know, just real pain to the to just anti-trans violence and turfs and turfs make it worse. Like they just need to get lost. So mm. that's it. Hey, we're ringing the chair bell. Hey. For shame. Real pain. Real pain. Real shame. Oh. Yeah. Hey, okay. All right. Okay. All right. There you go. I like that. <laughs> 
So this is like very feelings kumbaya counselory of me, but rather right. than pain, oh, I'd yeah. like to. <laughs> yes. Okay. Like, I just want, as somebody who grew up going to church, who grew up surrounded by Christians, I just really want to call out people who mm. are identifying as Christian, but also using that as a weapon Preach. against my kids or my staff, Preach. you know, like my colleagues, any other, anybody who identifies as LGBTQ. Like, it's really time to check yourself and, mm. and realize, like, if Jesus was really here, huh. who would he be walking with? What yeah. would he, what message would he be sending? Because that was not—he's not intended to be used as a weapon. And so I think just really educate yourself and learn and grow and love. And remember that your discomfort is not the same as somebody else's safety. Please keep our kids safe. Please keep our—everybody safe, but especially our kids. Yes. And I second that. Yeah. That was good. Oh, great. Uh, I like that. I like that oh. counsel. Sorry, I just wanted to appreciate the counselor perspective because it just like <laughs> <laughs> warms my heart. Mm. Our, our final segment is do your fudging homework. Interchangeable. White ladies. All right, Annie, go for it. Okay. Um, I just got to shout out Glisten Safe Space Kit, um, mm-hmm. but specifically the resources uh, about being a, an ally to LGBT students. It's great for educators. Highly recommend. Um, the um, there's some great stuff out there, but Glisten's been leading the way for a long time, and they um, have some tried and true resources for educators that are awesome. So yeah, check to, them out. To piggyback on that, one of the things we use in our presentation is Glisten Steps for Responding to Anti-LGBTQ Language and Behavior. It's one of those great things, like, as your homework, practice it in the mirror. Mm-hmm. You hear a kid say, that's so gay, or you hear something that happens that's, that's yep. you know, like, going to negatively impact an LGBTQ student, whether you know they're in the room or not, and how to respond to that. Um, and so I think that is really good homework, too, mm-hmm. is just practice that as you prepare for the school year, as you're getting into the beginning of the school year. Um, as well as just deciding, like, what are three or four things you're going to challenge yourself to do um, starting today to be a better ally? And it can be honestly as simple as your pronouns in your yeah. email signature or mm-hmm. deciding what you're going to use to display in your classroom to show that your classroom is a safe space. Yep. And I think I love that homework because it's also really relevant for anyone who's not an educator. Like, mm-hmm. whatever your office space is, right? Mm-hmm. Office yeah. space. Um, do something that signals that you are working, like, to being a better ally. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really mm-hmm. not that complicated to do. Mm-mm. It's awesome. No, it's very easy. Um, I think my rec- homework is going to be um, kind of tied to what you were talking about with reading and books. Uh, wherever you are, whoever you are, whether you're an educator or not, I want to challenge you to add a book to your book list, to your shelf, to your classroom list, whatever, um, that features uh, LGBTQ plus protagonists, mm-hmm. right? There are stories that are out there written mm-hmm. um, telling different uh, realities and different experiences. And so we need to expose ourselves to that more, if, especially if that's not something you read very often. And there's a lot of authors out there um, that identify in the, one of those categories. Um, and so they're writing good work, support their work that they're doing, um, mm-hmm. and just challenge yourself to read something else that's different. Annie, you look like you're going to add one more. Uh, well, I'm looking up the, a book that I really like that should be included in that. Um, I think it's the—oh, it's called The Abyss Surrounds Us by Emily oh. Skretsky. It's um, LGBTQIA plus uh, um, non-white protagonist. Sorry, I was mm. my brain was stopped working for a second. Um non-white protagonist and she's also like a ba- totally badass like hero in the story mm-hmm. and also hunts like dangerous sea monsters like you should just oh. read the book it's like yeah. really good like everyone should read this book and then also put it on your bookshelf um i would say it's like good for probably like upper middle school high school level yeah. um but it's 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 a 
It's a page turner. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. One of the ones I always tell people to read is um, None of the Above, and it's about an intersex um, young woman who discovers that she's intersex at, I think she's like 17 in the, in the story. And one of the things I found interesting is that the author um, collaborated on the story because she doesn't, she isn't intersex. And so she was like, I don't, kind of back to what you were saying earlier, like you want to tell stories or like be representative and visible, but then also you don't, you don't want to do something that's going to like be damaging mm-hmm. too, right? And so she collaborated with a number of organizations that are out there supporting intersex folks. And I, I thought that was kind of cool that mm-hmm. she was was doing that. And that's a collaborative work. Um, and it, it brought mm-hmm. a lot of insights for me personally for things I just hadn't thought about. I had the mm-hmm. privilege of not thinking about. So, yeah. All right. That's the end of our show. Thank that's you so it. much for Thank coming. You. I really you. appreciate it. Have a great school year. <laughs> Bye. Bye. The Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast is part of the Channel 253 Network. Listen to our other podcasts. Move to Tacoma. Nerd Farmer. Citizen Tacoma. Crossing Division. Flounder's B-Team. We Art Tacoma. And Taco Man. You know, you want to shame them. So it can be a person, society, whatever. It's okay. a policy, um, yeah. douchery, whatever. Sounds good. Douchery. Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. We We fly fly Alaska! Book your next flight on alaskaair.com. This is Channel 253.